So we had the product, they had the distribution, we negotiated a royalty licensing. And if it wins, if it's a win-win for both parties, that's when things explode. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In the Den. Today, I am joined by none other than the dynamic and multi-talented Casey D'Amato. Casey is a business coach, an entrepreneur, and a growth expert. Um, in 2009, Casey launched her first business, so we share we share birth years for our companies, so congratulations. But for those of you who might not know you, Casey, tell us a little bit about yourself and certified PA consulting. Yeah, thanks for having me here, CJ. I'm, I'm excited to chat with you. Yes, Certified PA Consulting was my very first business back in 2009. It was started as sort of a side hustle, and now it's matured beyond that. I've started other businesses, and you know, it all started sort of in the kitchen. I, I I sat there, I looked at my husband one day in Calabasas, California and said, you know, should we start out on a bigger venture? And we started with certified PA consulting. I was a dermatology physician assistant in Santa Monica, California and helped coaching other medical providers. And then soon after that, we launched a much bigger venture, the first natural medical grade skincare line. And we've gone on to start other businesses. So it's it's been a sequence started in in 09 and just been learning and growing uh over the years since then. It's it's so awesome. And you're super heavy in the healthcare and kind of business development aspect. Who are some of the biggest influencer or mentors that you've had throughout your career and and why? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we all start out someplace and most of us don't go through an MBA and then start our business there. We start somewhere else and then we start our business from outside influences and mentors. Mine was one of the first uh, physician employers in the private practice I worked in was very sophisticated businessman very smart physician, as well as a real estate investor. And he's, he really taught me the ropes of business models, not only of clinical medicine, but then of other businesses. And I springboarded from there to start other businesses. And I have online courses and, you know, coaching programs and all those things. Um, in addition to, you know, starting skincare and all those things. So he was really my first mentor along the way, because he wore multiple hats. And I thought that I couldn't wear multiple hats. We go to school for that one degree. And we think that's really what we are destined to do. And he really opened my eyes up to being able to do anything. We all can do anything and start any business and even start multiple businesses. Um, you know, very well as well. And though he was really my first mentor. And since then, you know, I follow people like Tony Robbins. I'm a big fan of mindset um, because I think that is undervalued and underappreciated the, the power of mindset as a business owner and an entrepreneur, especially if you want to grow and scale quickly or manage multiple businesses. Mindset is critical. So Tony Robbins is another big influence. I don't know him personally, but I've been to many seminars and obviously read the books and all those good things. Yeah. And I love that because I, I agree with you. Like there are tons of books out there about, you know, selling and marketing and, you know, entrepreneurship, but at, at the core of it, even as an entrepreneur, we're human, right? And, you know, we, we have those human elements and I, I do the same thing. I just was on someone's show and they had asked me the same thing. And, you know, for me, some of my big influences are people like Tony Robbins or Brene Brown, Mel Robbins, yeah. like, because they talk about you as an individual and overcoming your own obstacles and the things that get in our way. And entrepreneurs are the first ones who get imposter syndrome and they really struggle with the should I, could I, you know, what if I did this? Um, so I completely agree. Um, let's give our audience a little bit of a teaser. I don't want you to give too much away, but what are some of your straightforward ways that you look to generate revenue for a new business? 
Yeah, that's that's the million dollar question, right? No, that's a multi-million dollar question. <laughs> so straightforward. So when people are starting out in business, the awareness and the trust are the two most critical elements. So people have to know who you are, who your business is, what product or service that you have. If nobody knows about it, if you don't have any awareness, then you don't really have a business no matter how amazing your product or service is. So awareness and trust are the first two things that I focus on with any business or client that I'm working with or coaching. And the second two would be partners and collaborators, other people that you can team up with to accelerate, whether that is mentors and coaches, whether that's other business owners, whether that's other experts in marketing or sales, you know, who are the other people that can bring something to the table? So first, it's the awareness and the trust. Second, it is who partners and collaborators in all different areas to accelerate. And that to me, that's the secret million dollar answer to starting, growing, accelerating really any business. There's other nuances, of course, but those are the biggies that if you have those in place, you're going to move a lot faster than people that focus only on their product or service as their baby and they're neglecting the awareness of the trust or they're undervaluing the power of the partners and the collaborators. I happen to agree with you. I think that trust, particularly trust inside of a relationship, those relationships are super important. And maybe that's part of your answer for my next question. But my next question is, okay, so you've got this business idea, you've got it off the ground, you start to have revenue coming in, it feels good, you know, things are looking good. How do you keep that, you know, maintaining that consistency, right? How do you keep that income coming in on a consistent basis? Yep. I operate from a tight six-step funnel, not a funnel like a click by me. I love click funnels, um, but click funnels are more of the sales act. That's kind of the conversion step. I operate on a, a really tight six-step funnel, starting with that awareness and then trust, those being the first two. The next one being the acquisition, meaning how is that client or customer making that first point of contact, whether it's an email opt-in or a phone call to your business? What is that first moment of trust that they are reaching out to you in some way to learn more? So it starts with the awareness, then the trust, then that acquisition of either an email or a phone number or something where they're reaching out. They want to learn more. They're now engaging. Then comes the conversion, right? Then it's that you've built enough trust that they want to do business with you. They want your product or service because it will help them. It will impact their business and their life. And then probably one of the biggest points that people underappreciate and undervalue is the retention. Once you have achieved those first four steps, everybody's like, great. And they're celebrating the win when you're the business owner. You you've now have that new client or customer. How do you retain that person? How do you make sure you're continuing to deliver that value to that person so that you're retaining them? And then eventually they're becoming a raving fan and they're marketing for you and they're telling the world how amazing you are at helping them personally or their business or whatever it is. So for me, I look at those six steps in a really tight system, monitoring you know different metrics at each step of the way. And if you have that system in really tight, then you can dial up, dial down, you can cancel things that aren't working, you can modify things, and you can you can develop a very predictable income source. You can start to know exactly what awareness leads to the and trust leads to that acquisition and conversion and what activities there lead to your retention. So it's all about that six step funnel and dialing it in tight. 
I'm so glad you brought, brought up retention because I, I believe that one thing that most entrepreneurs really suffer from is that they're usually salespeople, right? They, yes. uh, you know, that's, they, they have the ability to sell their idea. That's how yes. they have that confidence, yes. you know, move forward, but they forget yes. that it's much cheaper to retain than it yes. is to constantly be going out there and fighting for, for new clients. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I do believe that that's the key in consistent. Yes, you can build out a great sales team. You can continue to add to it and have them, you know, bring it in. But life gets a lot easier when you're able to retain what you're bringing in. Um, so I'm glad that you did that. And another thing that most entrepreneurs are very familiar with is negotiation strategy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how that has played a role in your business growth and your revenue generation. Yes, I'm. I'm a big advocate of negotiation. I love negotiation strategy in our, one of my businesses that's a coaching consulting business. Uh, we teach all about negotiation. And one of the biggest points that most people overlook or undervalue when it comes to negotiation is they think that the negotiation is about a win for you, for me. It's like, we're going out to buy a car. We're like, we got a great deal. We negotiated and we won. And But really in business, the negotiation is about a win-win for both parties, because if the power of the win is just as strong for the other party as it is for you, then you're going to propel so fast together. I mean, I started this negotiation um, strategies back in the mid 2000s before my first business. And I negotiated a productivity based salary structure as a medical provider. And then I've gone on to negotiate with our skincare line with a global distribution partner. So we had the product they had the distribution. We negotiated a royalty licensing. And if it wins, if it's a win-win for both parties, that's when things explode so much faster. People think the negotiation is just a one-sided, but it's really about both parties benefiting and both bringing value and skill to the table and both accelerating together. And that's when the negotiation power really can propel a business to the next level. Yeah, you see like those memes or those gifts where it's like, you know, negotiation. Are you happy? No. Are you happy? No. Okay, we have a deal. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, you yeah. know, I agree with yeah. you. I think a true negotiation, everybody walks away feeling like, okay, we came up with the best possible outcome, you know, for, for ourselves and, you know, for our partner. Um, now, In the Den is a marketing podcast, right? So, you know, we talk about marketing. Um, that's what we do. Um, how have you used marketing as part of your revenue generator, your strategy for your businesses? Yes. So I'm a big proponent of digital marketing. So especially email marketing, social website, you name it. Um, and I'm not a tech expert by any means. So if any of your audience feels intimidated by digital marketing, I can relate. I am not a tech person, but I am a huge proponent of digital marketing because it comes back to that original awareness step. If you don't have a powerful website and you do not have social People are looking you up. They want to learn more about you. You don't have any videos for people to look and understand who you are, what your brand is all about. And probably the biggest uh, digital marketing tool, the most powerful, in my opinion, is email marketing. And so many people underestimate the power of email marketing to build trust, to deliver value, and to encourage conversions. So you can do all of those things with email marketing. So, and it's the entire ecosystem of digital marketing. I apply them in our coaching and consulting business. We did in our skincare business. I did it as a medical provider, you know, across the board in everything that I've done, there's been an element of digital marketing and I'm always learning new skills and uh, trying to not be intimidated by the tech uh, because it's such a powerful tool without a doubt, no matter what your industry is. 
Yeah. And what I what I like about some of the things that you had said there, and, and people tend to forget, they they look at digital marketing, particularly the paid advertising aspect of it. And they're like, okay, it's supposed to be a straight converter, right? Give me that conversion. Give me that win. But something that you had said is if you're not top of mind, like yeah. you're you're competing much heavier than you were if you're continuously doing things like email marketing, right? Work smarter, not harder. And there are so many aspects of digital marketing that aren't just about pay per click, but that are about keeping you top of mind, keeping people through the funnel, you know, help pushing them from one direction to the other. Um, well, let's let's skip to some of the fun stuff. All right. So when I talk to entrepreneurs, one thing that I always know for sure is that they've got a million and one things going on. Yes. And you're, you know, as a female entrepreneur, you know, you have typically, I'll say typically, because not every woman, but most women have some added household, you know, family duties that they have to do. So what do you do to kind of maintain a balance between your personal life and, you know, the hectic pace of running businesses? Yes. That's took a long time to master because we get passionate about business and then we focus on that. Then we neglect household or vice versa. We feel torn. And it takes a long time to master. So I'm a big proponent of time blocking. So that's for sure a big part of my day. I also day block. So I have multiple businesses. Certain days are dedicated to certain business so that my mind is in that focus all day long on that business. And maybe it's content creation, maybe it's meetings, maybe it's client meetings, but I'm focused 100% on that area of my business and my client community. So time blocking is critical. I also reserve Fridays without any meetings, without any client meetings, business meetings. That's my catch-up day or personal day. It allows me to then schedule a dentist appointment or those personal things that come up. Those are Fridays. Anything that I have to do where I don't want to be interrupted, it's a Friday. I also schedule a date night once a week with my husband. And we try to travel and completely disconnect from all screens at least once a quarter. We take a minimum of a long weekend and we try to disconnect to reflect and reset on the goals, where we want to be personal business and all of those things. So I think it's it's just figuring out what's right for you with the time blocking, the goals, and where you want to spend your energy between your personal and your business. Yeah, I, I love that. I think of it as like putting on the blinders, right? And I, I've had people say before, well, if you're only focused on this today, what happens if there's an emergency? And the way that I tend to explain it, it's probably a, you know, a way that you do too, is if I'm handling emergency for my Tuesday day on Wednesday, I'm now neglecting whatever I'm supposed to be doing on Wednesday. And, you know, and so putting on those blinders actually does help from an efficiency standpoint, because that fire is going to be there that next day or at that next available time slot. Whereas if you neglect to work on that fire, you're now creating another one. Um, Exactly. And and speaking of, of fires, and I talked about imposter syndrome, but I know personally that, you know, no matter how good you are, no matter how confident you are, no matter how successful you are, there are obstacles, you know, there are things that you have to deal with and that you have to overcome. What are some ways that you kind of tackle any setback or challenges that you faced in your business? Yeah, we all face challenges and setbacks, you know, even the most successful people on social, you know, even the most, most successful entrepreneurs, everybody's facing challenges and setbacks every day. It's part of the game. Um, It's part of the excitement. And it's just, you know, you have part of the process is learning how to overcome those. So one thing that I do for myself and I help clients with is 
establish your team of who's. And most people try to solve their problem. They're thinking, how am I going to solve this? What am I going to do? Not necessarily who can I recruit to help me with this? And when I talk about who, I actually think about three levels of who's. So a team of people that have been there before you, mentors, coaches, consultants, advisors, and then another level of who's that are your collaborators or your partners. And then another level of who's that is your team, the people that are lightening your load, that are implementing and executing and taking those things off your plate. So to overcome those obstacles and challenges, the answer is almost always in the who and at which level of who do you maybe have opportunity to fill in and build out your team a little more robust? Is it more coaches, advisors, mentors? Is it more collaborators and partners? Is it more support team? And once you can start to recognize that, then overcoming the challenges becomes much more efficient, much faster. And the challenges are not as intimidating. They don't slow you down as much. Um, Once you can start recognizing those three levels of who's, that's the secret to get you to the next level. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's it's something that we talk about all the time um, is the importance of the people around you and, you know, the right type of delegation, proper delegation, and definitely never being the smartest person in the room. When you're trying to run a business, that's the last thing. You don't want to be the smartest person. Like, if not, your business just isn't going to grow. It's not going to take off. Um, so kind of speaking of, uh, you know, individuals that have impacted us. And you mentioned Tony Robbins and things like that. I'm an avid reader. And a lot of our audience does like we, you know, reading is just, you know, it keeps us young, it keeps us growing. What are some people, some books, some, some recommendations that you have that people really should kind of take a look at if they're looking to step into, you know, enhancing their business or starting a brand new business? Yeah. Like you were mentioning before, mindset is key. There's a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway um, by a woman named Susan Jeffers. And I I know her personally. She's now passed away, unfortunately. I knew her in, in Los Angeles. She's a lovely woman. And the book is fantastic for mindset and overcoming those challenges, overcoming obstacles, personal or business, honestly. I think her book is uh, should be a required reading for all entrepreneurs. Um, I love Awaken the Giant Within from Tony Robbins. And my third favorite, if I had to pick a third, would be Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey, because starting with the end in mind, business, personal, so that you can be intentional about those decisions that you're making in your business that affect your personal life or vice versa, I think that book is fantastic for setting up long-term goals and really living your life and your business with true intention. Yeah, I, I love it. Mindset is is definitely key. Um, it's something that you know I am very passionate about as well. And I think that if you fall down the rabbit hole of like really reading a, a book, even if it's a business book, like something that is as as old and wonderful as like Good to Great, right? When you read that book, there are so many times that your mindset and shifting that mindset and thinking about things in a different way, it comes up. And then you can turn around and you can read something that's like, you know, enlightenment, you know, about Buddhism or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's the same skill sets, the same thing that they're trying to, you know, tell you about acknowledging where you're at and, you know, still moving through it and, you know, relying on the people around you. So I absolutely love that. So what do you have coming up, Casey? What are some new and exciting things for you and your business that the audience would really benefit from knowing? Yeah, it's, you know, it's my passion and mission to pay it forward. And I really want to impact, my goal is to impact 10 million service-based providers in the next five years. That's my goal, to impact, to share the message that you can scale your business. 
in a way that it's not overwhelming and it's actually easier than you think. So that's my mission. That's my passion um, with my new personal brand that I'm launching. And so I have a new fun quiz. Uh, it's called, Are You Ready to Be a Million Dollar Business Owner? That's a free tool that's available and it has uh, customized suggestions depending on what your results are for the quiz. So that's sort of a fun new tool. And I also have a six month mentorship coming up called Scale It Easy, which is an entrepreneur CEO mentorship, mentorship program. Um, and the third thing that's new that I'm really excited about is I have a very small YouTube channel with just some YouTube shorts, and I'm in development of launching a, a new YouTube channel, podcast channel, just to help people understand with easy messages that it's it it can be done. It's not as overwhelming as you think. It's not as intimidating as you think. The tools and resources are there for you. You can pull some small levers, and you can advance your business uh, in a very short period of time with just the right strategy and the right intention. You have given so many good, juicy, you know, tips and tricks. So this last question might be hard, but if you could only give one piece of advice to an entrepreneur getting started today, what would that piece of advice be? Yeah, that is a hard one. There's only one piece of advice. And, you know, I think back about a year ago, I was in the Western Sahara Desert and I was trying traveling on a road. It was dirt road all by myself, part of the world that's not safe for women to be on. And I just had a, a driver that I hired taking from point A to point B and a sandstorm picked up. It was very intimidating, very scary. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like, am I going to make this? What's going to happen? It was 60 mile an hour winds, couldn't see anything. And as I'm starting to have a full on panic attack, basically the dust starts to clear. And all of a sudden I can see this beautiful beach where the Atlantic ocean meets the Western Sahara desert. And we start to approach the serene, peaceful environment. And I thank my guide. We can't communicate, but I thank my guide. And I, and I think back to one of my business mentors who said, you know, being an entrepreneur, all of us, we feel like we're on a road alone, navigating these waters that are uncharted. We don't really know where we're going or how to get there. And that experience in the Sahara Desert, you know, I sort of trusted this guide and we made it to the most beautiful part of the Western Sahara Desert. And so the advice that that mentor gave me resonated me with that moment in time. So I will share it with your audience as well, which is you don't have to do it alone. You know, find your tribe of trusted, whether it's mentors, whether it's coaches, whether it is, you know, partners, whether it is your team that you're hiring, surround yourself with people that will help you navigate any storm, any uncharted waters and take your business to the next level. So I think that message, you know, was just so powerful for me. I thought of it at that moment in time. And I always keep that in the back of my mind. If it feels hard or feels challenging or overwhelming, do not have to do it alone. There is somebody out there. There is a resource. So surround yourself with those teams of people and the sky's the limit. Yeah, it's something that that could also be used as an analogy before that I learned quite a bit uh, ago from from someone as well is that, you know, the sky is usually the clearest right after the storm. So it's like, you know, yes. you're in there and it's like scary and there's so much going on and there's so much chaos. And it's like, if you just hold on a little bit longer, you know, everything yes. will part and that clarity will be there. So, well, yes. Casey, thank you so much. We could talk all day long. I appreciate you being on the show and I hope to have you on again soon. Yes. Thank you for having me, CJ. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a good day. We'll see you guys next time here in the den. 